Greetings, travelers. It is I, Wingover Gimbal, famous gnome bard. And I'm here today to give you a little bit of a lore episode. A lore episode, you say? Why, yes, a lore episode. Now, you see, today we're going to be choosing a very specific topic. And there's probably going to be a few of those out there because, you know, it's my day off and I like chatting. It's kind of like a bard thing to do, you know, it's fun. But today we are talking about the Chosen. Now, the Chosen, as you know, are from different worlds. Take, for instance, our four heroes. We have Ronnie, the half-elf bard. He is from the world that uh, holds on to the city of Selindia. And in this city, you have a very advanced, futuristic world. It's a combination of magics and really strange fads and uh, hyperized technology. And they use it to just, well, follow fads. And so you have Ronnie from this wonderful little world, and then if we go in the reverse direction, we have Borodon, and he is from the city of Mons Regnum. And in his world, technology has only advanced to the point of where they have um, crafting and clockwork. They don't have something as intricate as a television set or a a phone. Instead, they have things like carrier pigeons and... uh, devices, maybe uh, magic items to send messages out there. So you see, the Chosen could be from all sorts of worlds and different parallel dimensions, and they're all dragged to one specific battleground. And that battleground is where this war takes place. And for instance, this one, we are in Feyrun, or Aviatoro. Now, all of the Chosen at one point or another are confronted by the being known as Truth. Truth is a creepy, creepy man. He shows up, he's got them pallid white mask thing going on, he's got the white robes, white skin, fingernails, all that jazz, and it's just super creepy. And he shows up with his weird staticky voice. Now you're thinking, all right, how come when a story was like, Truth, who's Truth? That's because he doesn't just go up and introduce himself to everyone. Sometimes he finds you when you're sleeping or something, he's like, surprise, and he slaps that parasite on you. Or sometimes you won't even notice he's there, but you'll get this giant, painful sensation on your left hand. And then, that symbol will be there. The strange, squiggly symbol. Now, when our heroes encounter truth, they all got to speak with him for a short period of time, and of course they're a little bit different, that's why the story is focusing on them. But you'll see throughout this that there's going to be a lot of people who had different encounters with Truth, or maybe Truth even had a, a slight different appearance. But his main goal is to get out there, slap these symbols on people, and they're like, guess I'm a Chosen now. Now, with the Chosen... They all have these parasites, and that is essentially what makes the Chosen. They have to have the parasite. If they don't have the parasite, they're from some other world, then they're just a a traveler, much like yourself. They get dragged onto the other worlds, and they have to do this fight. But the parasite is what makes them unique. It gives them a numerous amount of abilities, and it crafts these skills inside them and drags them out. 
But the thing about the parasite is, it comes at a cost. The parasite, it... It attaches to your soul. And when this thing attaches to your soul, it integrates with your very being. So you could go and try to chop your arm off right there and then. That parasite will still be there. It'll just be moved further up because it is a part of you now. It grows out of you. It is your skin. It is your muscle. It is your bone. You cannot get away once you've been chosen. Now, the parasite itself, it's not as sentient as you may think. It's aware of its existence. It knows its purpose. But it's not going to sit there and tell you its favorite book it read or what its favorite TV show is. No, this parasite is alive, it's trying to stay alive, and it's going to do everything it can. And that's why these Chosen are given these abilities. Now, the parasite itself is based on the patron that hands it out. So you see that these Chosen, they have the parasite with the squiggles, and I'm sure you've all seen the picture. The yellow sign is freaking everywhere these days. Now, there can be other patrons. You see, you can have one, for instance, with Borodin, Borodon's father. He had the black triangles on the back of his hand. It's always the left hand. There are some with maybe the symbol of a flame. There are some maybe with just a mass of tentacles. Maybe there's one with just an all-watching eye. Now, these symbols are out there. The Chosen that we follow haven't necessarily encountered them, but as Albito said, there was once a great many different symbols, and each patron will have different goals in mind. The current one that they work with is seeking to make sure that Whatever this being is that's coming does not get through that portal that Dorum is trying to open. Now, all Chosen, they have a lot of abilities, Travelers. You've seen there's some crazy people out there. Let's look at... How about Noir, for instance? She is a very unique appearance. She's covered in shadow. Her eyes are shadow. Her nails, her blood, all of it is shadow. And that's because of where she comes from. I'm going to give you a little behind-the-scenes look on this one. You're probably like, Oh no, but I wanted to discover this in the story, but it really it's, it's not that integral, so I can let you know. Now, Noir, she is a Shadokai. She comes from the Plane of Shadows. Shadows are built into just her being. When she was a child growing up on the Plane of Shadows, she knew all there was to hiding in these things, to traveling through them, to sneaking up on people and defending her home. So, uh, being a, a being of shadow is, is built into her as it is that you're a being of light, that you need sunlight, that you need the, the plants that grow from it. So, when Noir was given her abilities, they were naturally focused on shadow. Now you're thinking, yeah, but like, she's covered in shadow. That's kind of crazy. And the abilities sometimes will manifest the more you've built them up. So the stronger you get, the more these powers begin to show. Let's look at Kelsar, for instance. Now when Kelsar starts to tap into his abilities, his eyes burst into flames. 
and that's not really normal for a lot of people. If this is happening to you and it's not normal, then maybe, I don't know, get that looked at because that can get pretty serious. Now, with Kelsar, he's delving deeper and deeper into his power over fire, this specific Cerulean flame. And with this power, since he's tapping more into it, it's merging with the very fiber of his being. So he's becoming fire, you see, and then that gives him greater control over his abilities. With Borodon, ooh, it's going to get crazy when he starts tapping into time. Ronnie will naturally be tapping into chaos, and Emzy will be tapping into blood. Now, their abilities are very linked to who they are as people. So you could have, for instance, maybe a firefighter, and his ability might be linked to water, or a resistance to flames, or something like that. Or a, a pro surfer will have something that's super good when it comes to swimming or surfing. So everyone can have very unique abilities, and that's what makes these creatures, or chosen, or people, or whatever you'd have, so interesting. Now, we talked about how these Chosen have their own unique abilities, and we've talked about this parasite that's placed on them, but there are other abilities that come forth from the parasite that they actually all share. Now, when they all arrived at this world, not all of them spoke the common language that is shared across Faerun. For instance, Emzy had no knowledge of this common. He spoke the Gith language, and he spoke Undercommon, but he did not know what else anyone was saying. But the Parasite, it needs them to survive, and it needs them to adapt. So it translates the most common language of that world, and drags it into their headspace and slams it in. And then they're able to figure out what else everyone else is saying. Now there's also one other very unique aspect of the Parasite, and that is the fact that they cannot truly die anymore, because the Parasite wants to survive. It will find any way that it can use to keep this body moving and keep that Parasite growing, right? So, let's say a Chosen goes, doop 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 he's traveling around. Suddenly, uh-oh, he comes across Matthews. Matthews is like, not today, fool, and he just pops his head off, which he's done. And that means the Chosen's dead. His body falls to the ground, blood everywhere, oh my god, everyone's screaming. What happens then? Well, I'll tell you. The Parasite will try to survive. And what will it use as fuel? Your soul. So, it takes the soul, takes a portion of it, which contains your memories, your feelings, all the good, happy stuff, the bad stuff, the sad stuff, the stuff that makes you, you. And then it burns it, so that it can keep going. This can result in memory loss in some, or the a loss of a range of emotion that some have had, but for the most part, people are more or less the same, because it tries to keep somewhat of an imprint, like a, a backup of you. So, burns that portion of your soul, hot damn, and then it starts reforming the body again. So your other head will be over there, probably melt away, disintegrate, something like that will happen. It's really dependent on the person. And then you will be reborn. And that's one tick. 
So now you have this parasite that's grown up your arm because you've died a bit. It absorbed more of your soul. That means what's filling the hole of your soul? Ha ha ha. I am a bard. What it is is the parasite. So the parasite slinks on in and fills up that gap. That's why now you have the parasite all the way up your arm. Let's say, uh-oh, ran into Dorum, and she just blasts your ass. You're done, you're toast, you're a little bit crispy, and boop, fall over dead. Uh-oh. That means the parasite's gonna go like, are you freaking kidding me? And bring you back again. Oh no, it used another third of your soul to bring you back. Alright, you lost more of what makes you you. Now, by the time people hit this stage, they generally look pretty crazy. Uh, sometimes it'll happen with the advancement of abilities, similar to that, like with Noah. She's died twice, her powers are very advanced, she became fully shadow. Bam. So, that might happen to them. Maybe not necessarily the shadow, but like, uh oh, I look super crazy now because this parasite is filling two-thirds of your soul, the thing that makes uh, you, you, your abilities, your powers, your emotions. So now you're mostly the parasite, so you're very dependent on it, and as such, it grows over your torso, the thing that holds all the good stuff that makes your body tick, aside from the brain. So, now we have you here. You're covered in parasite, you died twice, Oh god, it sucks. It always hurts so much every time, and you're thinking, I can't die again. My boss will be so mad. That's true, because here's what happens. Let's say, okay, you're stumbling along, you pull out your fancy new sword. Vorpal sword. Nice. Let's swing it around a bit. Oh shoot, you chopped off your own head. Looks like you've died again. Well, this time the parasite's like, alright, time to hit up the fuel. Uh-oh, we're all out of soul. You know what this means. It takes that last bit of soul and burns it all up. And then fills up the rest of the gap. Now what's left? Just the parasite. You're gone. It has a backup of who you are. So it has your baseline memories, emotions, that kind of stuff. The, the knowledge that you once held. But now the parasite's in control. It's become sentient. It's taken over your brain. So now it has a new organ that lets it think, that lets it hunt, that lets it move. And it's going to focus on survival. And since it's from the Far Realm, it's going to hunt after creatures and just consume and spread more of its ilk. It will change the world around it. It will try to bring the Far Realm into here, and who's trying to do that at the moment? Bingo! Dorum. So, they naturally have all gone, these corrupted chosen, that's what they're called, the corrupted, oh no. They've gone, and they've taken up arms, and they've side with Dorum. Now, I'll talk more about the corrupted later, as probably a whole other conversation we can have, and it'll take me a while and all that jazz, but... Bam! This is what happens when you die three times. That parasite will consume you. And now, you are the parasite. The parasite is you. You've been eaten up, spit out, burned away. This parasite now has your flesh suit, and it's gonna walk around 
it's going to walk around with fancy new powers. And that's bad news for everyone in Feyrut. You're thinking, okay, so this parasite, sure, it gives me some pretty crazy abilities, and yeah, I get to die a couple times, but why would I want this? Like, I can't die naturally, this thing's gonna keep bringing me back. This doesn't sound like a great thing. Well, the patron isn't exactly sitting there going, oh no, your retirement plan. He's thinking, or she's thinking, or they're thinking, uh-oh, something's happening to my goals. Better gather up soldiers, and it just grabs whatever looks good, and tosses the parasite on it, and flings it to the battlefield. And that's more or less what happened to our four heroes of Death Shift. So, sorry, your retirement plan is void and null when you are chosen as a chosen. So now you're sitting there thinking, okay, so what happens when, let's say, Borodon hits old age? He's just gonna keel over, die, boop, takes another bit of his soul, brings him back, uh-oh, old man again, he's gonna die right away, boop, dies again, and eventually he's just gonna become one of these things. Well, that's the last ability of the symbol. No more aging. No more growing old with your loved ones. Time has left you behind because you're no longer a part of it. You're no longer a, a natural creature of this world, of any world, really. You've become a being of the Far Realm, and they don't really care much for time. Time comes into them, and they just step on over it. They walk around it. They don't grow old. They don't worry about retirement or middle age or anything like that. They just keep existing. So really, all the Chosen have to worry about is external factors trying to kill them. They don't ever have to worry about growing old, but at the same time... Ha! Time, huh? At the same time, it's a curse. To live forever. To watch those you love pass. To watch your world turn to ash eventually. It's not something that anyone ever wishes to have. That's why liches go mad. That's why the gods are so... removed from the world, from our way of thinking, because time doesn't concern them. So they had to remove their way of thinking from the mortal ways, or else it would have driven them insane. So you see where I'm at. These poor citizens, they're all running around with these symbols on them. They're just desperately trying to get home or win this war or not die and they're discarded afterwards time leaves them alone there's no fight they're just done but hey maybe it'll figure out something maybe Albito will finally figure out what to do about these stupid symbols I really hope so because uh can't get it off, and that's my problem. One day, one day I'll be free of it, travelers, and maybe you will too. So that's The Chosen. I know, it ended on a bit of a down note. You're thinking, well, if I was a Chosen, 
and I can live forever, and I could be super cool and hip and have abilities like turn things to gold if I felt like it, but I don't have to because of that cursed thing. I just run away to another town. Well, sorry to bring another down note on you, but the corrupted will find you. They will find you, and they will hunt you. They are the Liam Neesons of this world at the moment. They're going to find every last chosen and force them to join their ranks. And it's, it's unfortunate, but uh, it's just the way war goes. You can't really escape it in this situation because you have a giant freaking tracking beacon on your left hand and you have special abilities that make you really stand out. So, there's that. Alright, travelers. This has been my day off. It's it's been actually kind of fun. I haven't done one of these lore things before, and I really enjoyed it. If you want to talk more to me, I'm always hanging out on the Twitter sphere, just slapping out messages and telling people, hey, what's great, and all that. And, uh, hey, if you'd like to stick around, I actually have another Bardic story, if you want to hear it. It's a little promo from another Bardic group. So, stick around, travelers. You'll hear it soon. Take care. And I bid you adieu. Adventures in Aurelia, a D&D podcast with new players to learn alongside. Adventures in Aurelia, a D&D podcast where everyone has a good time. Adventures in Aurelia, a D&D podcast that is casual and inclusive. Adventures in Aurelia, a D&D podcast with lots of lore and creativity. Adventures in Aurelia, a podcast where five friends sit around the table and record themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons. Find us at adventuresinarelia.com. That's E-R-Y-L-I-A.